Thanks for listening to this Word in Your Ear podcast. If you'd like to get early access to all our productions ad-free, priority booking for our live events, and to take part in our weekly quiz, go to patreon.com slash wordinyourear for more details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. You're listening to a podcast from The Word. I've got a Christmas stack waddy game if you're in the mood. Are you in the mood, boys? Yeah, go on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Okay, here we go. Christmas records. Okay. One of these did not exist. (laughs) Oh, that's exactly what I've prepared. We're not the same ones. Go on. Yeah. Okay. Right. Here we go. Are you ready? The Proclaimers. Christmas in Fife, Christmas at Ground Zero by Weird Al Yankovic, Cherry Cherry Christmas by Neil Diamond, Christmas Blues by Canned Heat, and Kissing by the Mistletoe by Aretha Franklin. One of those. God, I would would hope that it's somehow, I'd hope it was Weird Al Yankovic, because that seems an extraordinarily bad taste. The rest seem completely plausible. I'm sure the Proclaimers one existed. Um, Go on, Alex, what do you think? Uh, you know, I'd be inclined to to uh, to swing towards Weird Al as well. Christmas at Ground Zero seems a bit dark for Weird Al Yankovic to me, so... Well, you both be wrong because Christmas oh. at Ground Zero by Weird Al Yankovic is a genuine thing. It obviously predates uh, 9-11. Oh. Um, but anyway, it is ah, there. That's, and, the, that's, the, that's the little ringer, isn't the, it? Yeah. Okay. And the, uh, the, the one that I completely made up is Christmas in Fife by the Proclaimers. Oh. Okay. So I win. So plausible. I win. win. Okay. You win the card. I've got it almost exactly the same, actually. I've got six, yeah, six Christmas singles. And again, five of them uh, genuine releases, though, possibly not colossal hits. And one is a fiction cunningly cooked up by me. Spot the ringer. Okay. Number one, I Want an Alien for Christmas by the Fountains (laughs) of Wayne. Okay. That's number one. Number two is Deck the Halls with Buddy Holly by Half Uh Half Biscuit. (laughs) Yeah. Don't Shoot Me, Santa, by The Killers. 
Little Drum Machine Boy by Beck. <laughs> Leroy the Redneck Reindeer by the country singer uh, Joe Diffie. <laughs> <laughs> and Sharon Jones and the Dat Kings Ain't No Chimneys in the Projects. There they are. Do you want them again or can you remember? <laughs> Chimneys in the Projects. That's brilliant. Yes. Oh. It's I Want an Alien for Christmas. Deck the Halls with Buddy Holly. Don't Shoot Me Santa. Little Drum Machine Boy. Leroy the Redneck Reindeer. And ain't no chimneys in the project. I'm gonna, I'm gonna choose. I'm gonna go for um, uh, the uh, Buddy Holly, the half man, half biscuit. All right, Magic. What do you think? I'm gonna go for Beck, Little Drum Machine Boy. I reckon that's the ringer. Okay, no, God, I've been, I've been rumbled. That's terrible. Sharon Jones is true, as is obviously the country singer. Uh, Little Drum Me- Machine Boy, true as well. No. Yeah, yeah. Don't Shoot Me Santa was a killer's hit in 2007. The Founders Away in Song, big hit in nine, big hit, non hit in 1997. <laughs> the one I made up, of course, was Deck the Halls with Buddy Holly by Half Man, Half Biscuit. So, Dave. So, I'm, I'm winning this yeah, week. I'm winning. You've done, you've absolutely wrong. Nailing it. Yeah, yeah. So, so Dave. So, so, boys, um, this morning I caught the the very strange George Harrison "My Sweet Lord" video. Oh on God! Which is, I have to say, one of the most inexplicable things I've ever seen in all my years of pop picking. I, I've never seen anything like it. It appears to be a an attempt on the part of Danny Harrison to. Um, to, to keep the father's legacy alive. Um, you know, we talked to Eamon Ford about this, didn't we, a while back. Uh, Eamon published that re- a very good book, Leaving the Building, which is about rock and roll estates and, uh, you know, people who manage the estates of dead rock stars. And uh, they made the point that it's something they have to do proactively. You know what I mean? They have to keep doing stuff all the time in order to try and reach a different demographic, I suppose. Yeah. And that's the only possible explanation I can come up with for this, which is just a load of people that you kind of half recognize, you know, from Saturday Night Live or whatever, mooching around a cinema in Hollywood um, while George Harrison's My Sweet Lord plays. There's yeah, absolutely I mean, there's no logic to it at all, is there? I mean, I recognise Ringo Starr, obviously, and, and, uh, and Joe Walsh, Olivia Harrison, Donnie Weird Harrison. Al Yankovic. Weird Al Yankovic again, exactly. And Jeff I think Lynn. Mark Hamill is... Uh, Jeff Lynn, Jeff Lynn. Mark but, I mean, Hamill. Beyond that, they're, they're, they're kind of American TV stars that we don't normally recognise instantly, and it has absolutely... No logic. There's no, no meaning to any of it. It's got nothing to do with the sentiment of the song, which is a lovely spiritual sentiment. It's just a load of people looking for something which they don't find. Oh, yeah. it's rotten. It's a shocker, isn't it? Well, it is I, rotten. Go on, Alex. I'm in the middle of watching an infinite number of TV shows and films about the multiverse, and you know uh, that make absolutely no sense at all. Uh, so for me, it was it was it was like catnip. Um, I saw Mark Hamill and Taika Waititi. And decided, oh, I like this automatically. That, that was it. That yeah. was me gone. I'm a, sim- I'm a simple soul. Uh, yeah. What can I say? Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a complete mug. So uh, I kind of liked it. <laughs> but I can see why you cre- don't. The credits at the end of it are longer than the credits on Lawrence of Arabia. It's unbelievable it's how many people were involved in this thing. How yeah. much lunch was had? 
in the course of uh, making this film. But you get the impression that Danny Harrison, who's the kind of, uh, and bless him, splendid fellow, you know, who's the kind of exec producer, I think, isn't he? has had the idea and everyone's gone, great, of course, a 50th yes. anniversary celebration of my sweet Lord. What could be a better idea done by his own son? But no one's got the heart to say, this isn't really working. You know? And also 50th anniversary, it's 51st really right now, because that came out at the end of 1970. Oh, right, it did, didn't it? You're absolutely right. Yeah, it was number one sort of Christmas. Like, can, I, can I ask you guys a question? Go on. Apart from this question. Um, when you see Ringo, is the first thought that immediately pops into your head, he looks well? Indeed. I mean, he's 80, isn't he, Ringo? He is. He's yeah, 80 he's 80. Years old. And he appears to be reverse ageing somehow. He's, he's 81, actually. He's wearing it incredibly yeah. well. He's, he's, he is turning a little bit into his Stevie Ricks impersonation counterpart. He is. Um, but, uh, yeah, but the first thing he that I think... He very rarely says anything more than peace and love. <laughs> no, peace and love. Peace Thomas and Percy were shunting in the yard with peace and love. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was uh, one of the less pleasing things we've seen on YouTube. The most pleasing thing we've seen on the YouTube in the last week is somebody posted... A wonderful clip from the Christmas porridge from, I don't know, when? 1975. Oh, it's fantastic. And the bit that they posted, I have now, I must have watched it 20 times. And it's just a short bit. It's Ronnie Barker in the prison hospital being uh, visited by Mr. Mackay. Mr. Mackay is trying to find out uh, where they put the uh, where they put the soil when they dug their way or they attempted to dig their That's way right. out of slave prison. It's got a, t- a fantastic gag at the end of it, which I won't spoil. But the two of them are such masters of comic acting, and it's not just Ronnie Barker. It's Finley. Is it Finley Curry? It isn't it Finley Curry? He's, He's fantastic. fantastic. He's just. Unbelievable. I've I've gone on about this a lot in the last in the last year or so. Whenever I catch faulty towers, which I do quite regularly, the thing that gets me, the thing that impresses me is not John Cleese and Andrew Sachs and and, and Prunella Scales. It's the standard of all the you know, Bernard Cribbins and Joan Sanson yeah, all and the all these Incredible. wonderful British comic actors coming through it and this is a bit of a similar similar case if you watch the person who isn't speaking when yeah. the other one's speaking just what they do and what they radiate and the little nuances of of, of their reactions it's just, just brilliant yes. i cannot urge you too strongly to have a look at this clip we'll well the we'll whole episode is amazing notes. i could, i just watched it the other day and it's the one where tommy slocum is digging a tunnel and they've got all, they've put together a choir to sing carols to drown out the noise of the tunneling. It's so funny. As you say, Fletcher is trying to pretend uh, that he's got a bad knee so he can get to the infirmary. And so many good gags. There's a bit where he goes in to see the doctor and the doctor says, um, you're the perfect specimen of manhood, Fletcher. So there's nothing wrong with his knee. And he says, it's not that that I've come about. It's my knee. <laughs> Which is just great. And Barraclough's bicycle is stolen. And he says, he says, let me get this clear. So you arrived at work this morning as a cyclist and you'll be leaving as a pedestrian. pedestrian. <laughs> and they throw in gags for no reason at all, just really clever little gags. The doctor at one point opens a file to get out the file of um, about, uh, about Fletcher. And he takes out a Christmas cake. 
just so that Fletcher can say, well, I said, a cake in a file, usually the other way around in prisons. (laughs) 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 Terribly good. The thing thing that gets me about that scene in the hospital where... um, where Mr. Mackay has has come from drinks in the governor's office. Yeah. And I think nothing nothing distinguishes a a great actor more than the ability to convey subtle gradations of drunkenness. Yeah. You or I, you know, this character is drunk. You'd think you'd just go into one mode, wouldn't you? Yeah, no, there are are, are layers. Real layers. Yeah. And... He is, he is, he's come from, the, he's had a couple of sherries or whatever in the governor's office. He's been given a bottle of scotch and so forth. And he's glowing. He is, he is in that level of uh, intoxication that is often described as lit. You know, yeah, lit me? up, lit up he's like a Christmas just tree. lit up. Lit up like a, like, like a he, roulette. Yeah, exactly. And he, you know, when he, he keeps going to check the door of the ward that nobody's listening, nobody's uh, eavesdropping on the door, he can't quite sort out his feet properly. You know what I mean? It's as if he's in danger. He's going to trip up because yeah. he's slightly plastered. God, he's brilliant. He's genius. The two of them are absolutely brilliant. I and cannot... the quantity of gags is a really, really good gag every kind of 20 seconds, isn't there? I mean, how they could have written it that well. It's brilliant. On the, uh, on the subject of drunk acting, I've got a little bit of experience of this because um, in the Small Faces musical, the guy that played Chris, who played older Steve Marriott, um, would get progressively more drunk as the show went on. Um, and when I went to see it, for the first time, I was. Comp- I actually wondered whether he was getting getting drunk backstage. Um, I asked him how he did it, and apparently, what he did over a period of kind of you know a few weeks, he'd get um, he'd have different numbers of drinks and film himself um, to catch all of his nuance, kind of how he moved, how his speech changed, how his facial features contorted differently after one, two, three, four, five, six drinks. Good career. Um, yeah, re- went really, really deeply into it. But he, he, he absolutely had kind of um, each particular level of intoxication completely nailed almost by rote. Um, yeah. So I thought it was really interesting. That yeah. is. Yeah. Maybe you probably have to go that deep into it to be that good, don't you? And this is a Small Faces musical. We're starting early here. Yeah, Very yeah, good. yeah. That's great. The Word Podcast. Fix yourself a drink and it's like being in the pub. So the other thing we were discussing this week was um, rock memoirs we would like to read. Oh, yeah. Um, well, that was i.e. rock memoirs that will probably never get written or never get published. But we would like to read them. Well, that um, was initially, wasn't it? But we, we were talking about how good John Cooper Clark's one was, uh, which is absolutely brilliant. came out this year. And also that you know, P.P. Arnold and Vashti Bunyan and various people are putting some out next year that we were looking forward to reading. And it's, it struck me that the, the, the best memoirs are by very funny, observant, clever and affectionate people who have no axe to grind. They're not settling any scores. They're just telling the story and telling you what they learned from it and putting you in their position so you can live their life. You know, Donald Fagan's Eminent Hipsters, really good example. That's a fantastic yeah. book, isn't it? About yeah. a life on the road. And Viv Albertine's amazing book about punk rock, which I think is brilliant. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I like to read Alison Moyer's memoir. She's never written Oh, one. she's a card, isn't she? That'd be a she rollicking is. tale. It would. It would. Ian Anderson, Jethro Tell, surely, although crippled by the notion that uh, you know that he <laughs> deserves more acclaim, it, it, he's so, had a fantastic story. He's a very bright and very funny guy. Randy Newman. Somebody, somebody else suggested that that uh, that there ought to be a book about Jethro Tull written about everybody in the band, written by everybody in the band except Ian Anderson. Oh, except for Ian. That's, that's might, great. That might be an interesting. That's really good. Interesting perspective. It that's would. About 20, 25 people, uh, you know, he's been the one ever present. Um, yeah, I think Randy Newman would be brilliant. Randy, really fun. Well, that's clearly never going to happen. Never going to happen. Nick Lowe, I mean, there has been a, there's a great biography by Will Burcham and Nick Lowe, but Nick Lowe's own version telling those stories would be incredible. He's a phenomenal storyteller. Nick Lowe would be Robert Plant good. still hasn't done his autobiography, but I, I, I imagine he would be very wary about, uh, I don't know, I, I, he'd probably be rather reserved. Noel Gallagher. He, w- he will never do it. Robert no, he Plank, never will. It, uh, he will never do it. And sadly, no, normal, no. normal Journey Mitchell, which is kind of, uh, that's just not going to happen now because that's a fantastic story. Uh, but uh, Noel Gallagher would be hilarious, I think. But the one I'm really looking forward to, and we must mention some of the ones because you, you've tweeted about this, but it was Neil Tennant, because Neil Tennant, yeah. I've even got a title for it, Dave, Au Contraire. Uh, is what contraire. Neil always used to say whenever he wanted to disagree with you. Like, Au contraire! And tell you something. <laughs> he is so funny. Everything, everything in his life. Again, somebody doesn't feel out, have a chip on his shoulder, had a great deal of success, had a wonderful time. You know, that life in Newcastle when he was in the in the youth theatre. I'd love yeah. to read about that. The, 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 yeah. uh, the kind of folk band he was in. He, he interviewed Alex Harvey and Mark Boland for a, for a um, pop magazine when he was a teenager. 
you know, the whole time he was working in publishing at Marvel and doing the Dairy Book of Home Management. Absolutely. I mean, just absolutely. Yeah. And, Betty and Foster dressmaking the, course. What's that? The Betty Foster dressmaking Betty course. Betty Foster, exactly. I can remember him telling us about the Olympic ceremony they were at the parade and the closing ceremony and just how funny that was for the, all the kind of cast of smash hits 1980 down the corridor annie lennox in one room madness in the next and him and chris and the one just it's just so funny so he'd be really good but various people tweeted about it, didn't they various of the massive uh jane asher somebody suggested lots of people have said jane asher that's clearly never going to happen and uh which and is a good thing every i suppose yeah 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 yeah, no, no point upsetting people, really, after all this time. Um, I've got all Nick Lowe down. People are king, yeah. Tim Rice, uh, part two of Tim Rice's book, which he hasn't written yet, um, because his first um, his first book, which is fantastic, is just up to the you know kind of early success. Yeah. That... And, and not about the later stuff. John Paul Jones. That's John a Paul Jones. Because, you know, really interesting career. Really interesting career, you know, that kind of came from... Hit like, singles in 1962, wasn't it? Yeah. Tony Meehan and all that. Came from a kind of um, showbiz family, didn't he? You know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, he can remember... He can remember going... This is this is what Link, um, John Paul Jones is, to a vanished world. Uh, back in the, I don't know, 40s, 50s, early 60s, Musicians in London wanting work would go once a week to Archer Street in Soho, where the Musicians Union office was, which is where they get paid for last week's jobs. And they would all just stand about, you know, exchanging gossip and trying to find out where the next gigs were. And I think John Paul Jones got his first gig by going down to Archer Street and talking to Jet Harris, formerly of the Shadows, and, and getting a job in, in Jet Harris's touring band. Which is a real, I oh, love that kind of stuff. I do That's too. a real, real link with the vanished world. And he's done all sorts of things. Yeah, he, he, Clearly, he's never going to write it, but I, I've been really interested. i tell you, as, uh, somebody just struck me, we'll probably have no axe to grind, we'll probably be really good. Ray Cooper. Oh, Ray Cooper, yes. Ray Cooper, they, everybody's favourite percussionist. Yeah, we wrote, a, wrote a, great, a great piece about him at Q with him with everybody he's ever played with. Yeah. Incredibly flamboyant. Could never miss him at the back there, could he, with the old, big old sticks and, the, and the, the, the congas, you know. And the headline was, who are those people up there with Ray? You Ray, know, yes. John, Eric Clapton or whatever, you know. He just that's a good a story. of getting on with people. Yeah. Um, another one that's never going to happen, uh, which is sort of a shame, Petula Clark. Petula oh, God, that'd Clark, be good. Child star. Yeah. In the she, 1940s. She was a star. She still was with 12, us now. Wasn't she, I think? Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. You know, hit records in America in the, in the 60s, at the same time as the Beatles and so forth. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a sucker. I want to read uh, I want to read Drummer's uh, memoirs. I want to read Jim Keltner's memoirs. Jim Keltner played with absolutely everybody. And uh, I'd be really yeah. Again, drummers have got a good perspective on everything, and they're not particularly Ring. competitive. You know, they're they're, no. they're sitting there observing it all. You know, taking it so all. So has on. has Ringo Starr written a book? He I hasn't. Don't, don't think he has. No, I don't think he has. It's a good, it'd be a good story. Good, good story that is. Um, and um, 
Claire Grogan hasn't written Claire the book. Grogan, I thought of Claire Grogan. Um, She'd be very good. She's so funny about, you know, being back on 80s package tours. Yeah. Tweeting all the time because she's touring with sort of supporting, all the images supporting the Human League, aren't they? Every night she tweets that there's, I think there's four girls in the band and 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 one bloke, and there's these fantastic pictures of them in the dressing room and, and, and sound checks. And, you know, absolutely full of beans. Definitely, definitely. I tell you, know, somebody who hasn't written a book and clearly isn't going to, Jackson Brown. Oh, right. Why wouldn't he? Well, he hasn't. Because you, you would have thought if he was going to do it, he'd done do it, it he would have done it by now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because I think he's got a story or two. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, he, he was a, yeah, he was a, he was a, he was a, he was Nico's partner, wasn't he? He was about 16 years old. Or something I like think that. he was. That's right. <laughs> oh, the, 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 the romantic, the, the love life of Jackson Brown is a standard. Absolutely. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Absolutely. Have you heard, is it Bruce Springsteen does, uh, does the, um, Installing Jackson Brown as the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame speech, I think he does, and it's really interesting because it's all basically about one thing, which is why does Jackson Brown get so many women? <laughs> which I thought, I thought this is pretty damn rich coming from Bruce Springsteen. Absolutely. You know, that, that, Bruce Springsteen envies Jackson Brown for having a kind of magnetic appeal to women. But he's the, he's, uh, he's the crumpeteer's crumpeteer, I think, isn't he? He is the crumpeteer's crumpeteer. Uh, yeah, so those are mine. Uh, who would you like to read, Alex? So what rock memoir would you like to read that you never will read, probably? Uh, well, you've covered Ringo and Noel. Um, yeah. Noel would be so funny, wouldn't he? it? I mean, it's going to happen at some stage. My God, he's hilarious. I like to read Liam's just to see what words he knows. Um, but <laughs> but Jack White, I'd be interested to read Jack White's biography. Yeah, there's so sure. much, there's still so much kind of mystery and intrigue around the White Stripes and their whole kind of formation and inner workings. Neil Tennant on yeah. Dustin Springfield. Neil Tennant on Lisa Minnelli. I'd love to read. Yeah. <laughs> remember him? I remember him telling us once that they'd met. He and Chris had met Lisa Minnelli, and how she linked arms with with the two of them as she walked across the street. And she said, "Now we're best friends. Let's do." Everything together. Oh, that was just wonderful. You want that kind of stuff. This is a junction in the word podcast. It separates that bit from this next bit. A- any other business we have to cover? Was Hunky Dory's fiftieth anniversary? Oh, Hunky Dory is fifty. Yeah, it came out yeah. just the week before, so two weeks before Christmas in nineteen seventy-one. How high did it chart, Alex? Hunky Dory. Yeah. Oh gosh. Um, Somewhere between fifty and one is is my guess. Can I do that? Can, can I? Didn't do you want to? <laughs> the truth is, it didn't chart at all. Really? What? What? Why? 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 Did, well, you see, well, that's it didn't take off till Ziggy Stardust took it, off. Then it, it didn't take off. They they, they 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 reissued these things uh, wow. post Ziggy Stardust. It did the same thing with Man of Sold the World, didn't they? And yeah. another one. And um, I kind of cannot imagine a world where David Bowie doesn't chart. No, I mean, we well, know, but you see, that's the that's the mad illusion that people have succumbed to. You know, there are lots of David Bowie records that didn't chart. You know, early ones, obviously. Later ones, barely. You know what I mean? It's a long period where David Bowie's putting out albums that nobody wanted at all. Um, but you know, he had some that were. Um, there were big hits. 
What was that? What was the last number one he had? Uh, Let's dance. Let's dance. Yeah, oh, probably. Let's isn't it? Dance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you kind of forget that around the time of Hunky Dory, he wasn't that well known, was he? And he was writing. Well, he, was one, he was as, a one. He was a one-hit wonder. Songwriter, hoping that people he demoed them and tried to get other people to cover them, didn't he? Which he was a one-hit wonder. He was yeah. a one-hit wonder, and nobody knew what to do with him. Uh, Space Oddity had been a hit in '69, and and then it kind of nothing had happened subsequently. The only thing he had was that people in the industry believed in him. So well, it's Tony DeVries, his manager, and interestingly. I think it's how you pretty thing, is it, or is it changes? Changes the single from Hunky Dory was Tony Blackburn's record of the week in the days when that meant something. Yeah, absolutely. And it still wasn't a hit, you know. So it wasn't that he didn't have support; he did. Well, RCA. They had that marketing campaign, which is amazing. I think they're right in saying they said he was the most singular. They, they marketed him as the most singularly gifted artist creating music today. He That's in America. To be the seventy to to be to the seventies, what Lennon, McCartney, Jagger, and Dylan were to the sixties. We weirdly kind of prophetically true, but don't you think that's an extraordinarily high risk tactic to take? Well, they, that, that's in the states. They didn't do that here. Um, but all the same, if you do that, yeah. people tend to just look for evidence of disappointment and they run the and other all, way. And also, the thing you have to bear in mind when you're looking back at 1971 is there were so many fantastic records. Yeah. <laughs> you know, people weren't scratching around for anything to buy, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, so that 50 years ago. Have you got a picture disc there? I've got you, a picture disc. I was know? just digging through the attic and I found this. There it is. Can you see it? Yeah, it's a little, it's a feature disc single. Rather good, actually. Oh, what's the Life what's on the Mars? It's oh, Life right. on Mars, and the B side is Man Who Sold the World. There it is. There you uh, go. Yeah, yeah. Any other bit? Any other business, Alex? We have some new patrons. Go on. Oh, good. Go on. I get my whistle. Put out. Your whistle. Yeah. Bring them aboard. Okay, here we go. Uh, we have Howie Dodds. Good man. Welcome, Howie. Splendid. Kevin Goodfellow. Hurrah. <laughs> it's becoming a dog whistle, Dave. It's almost inaudible now. It's what happens is the mic cuts out, I think. What is that what it is? We can, we, well, it's, we can feel it, though. I can feel it. I yeah, can feel we can. Okay. Okay. Uh, Mark Stevens. Excellent. Welcome, Mark. And two annual patrons. If you subscribe annually, you get a fifteen percent discount. This is a, Ooh. and you get the birthday special. Well, that's if you subscribe to the top tier. Um, oh, right. That's uh, Drew Allen and yeah. Chris McGainey. Very good. Welcome, extremely welcome, welcome all. Should we also uh, mention our patron-only Boxing Day? Zoom yes, event. we should. We should. We don't, we don't know what time we do. It's probably six o'clock on Boxing Day, isn't it? Yeah, yeah we'd, like you to, we'd like you to turn up with party hats um, at six o'clock on Boxing Day and play our world-famous game called Has He Been Yet? Okay? <laughs> Where basically you we, we go through the members of the Massive and we ask the question, has he been yet? And they then display one item one present that he brought that day. Okay. And it helps if you're slightly pissed. Okay. Best if you're a little bit lit up and have a, a, a paper hat at a jaunty tilt. At a jaunty tilt. 
So that's something to look forward to, isn't it? It is. Hurrah. This podcast was brought to you by The Word. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.